You do bonus damage. You do bonus damage. And you get bonus damage. Everyone gets bonus damage. Let's all have fun. Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. Today we examine the OG Blade Brigade, Sweden, as we also recount our experiences with them. Oh boy, it was an amazing game. Woo! It was great. Let's get to it. Yes. Ah, Sweden. Where to begin? So much blight, so much damage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, everyone says they're level 8 difficulty mm-hmm. they max out at, but it feels tough to me. I'm sorry. Depending on who you play as in some of the situations, you're like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, the yes. combination of bad things that can just happen on top of you is just the absolute pits. I think, for me, they just start kind of fast. We'll get into what they mm-hmm. do, but all I of a sudden, agree. like, the first ravage, I'm they like, They do Ugh. start uncharacteristically fast for what you are thinking they're going to do. And like you said, we'll get into why. But exactly. I remember Sweden when I first started playing this game as the adversary I like never wanted to play against because I was still thoroughly entrenched in my mental psyche of blight is bad. Blight yes. equals bad. I mean, scoring happens based on how much blight you do or don't have. Yes. Blight kills you too much of it and you lose the games. I'm like, no, 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 no. Blight, uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, no, no. Blight is bad. Blight equates to bad. So I add never. Extra blight. Used it. And they have extra. Of course, when I look at their card, I see, hey, these guys do bonus damage. Oh, dear. And they get twice as much blood. And they take away to Han. Oh, (laughs) no. And they convert to Han. No, I hate all of it. Yeah, I'm going to uh, do literally anything else but that. So, But for you all, we played against them. Yeah. The things we do for you (laughs) listeners. But no, I was just talking about when I first played the game. This was the big brew on the block that I did not want to play against. Brandenburg Prussia? Okay, I can come to the table with that. Right, but Sweden... It's that extra blight. Even England, you're like, all right, extra bills. Right, right. I'll adjust. And that has its own negative downsides. Mm-hmm. But the extra damage in double blight. Okay. <laughs> no fun. Well, at least the second one doesn't cascade. <laughs> Or destroy presents. That's true. Spoilers, we haven't even gotten to what they do yet. (laughs) I know, but just remember that back then, Sweden was a bit scarier because we didn't have the convenient FAQ change that gives us plus one. Back in my day, (laughs) we had two blight per spirit. Two blight per spirit. (laughs) Plus one now. So in a way, Sweden was a bit harder. Just a tiny, tiny bit harder back then. Alrighty, so. There I go again. Let it happen. (laughs) Embrace who you are. Well, the thing that's funny is that I say alrighty not because it's something I actually do. It's actually symptomatic of two people that I am around that all say the time. alrighty? I have a co-worker who says alrighty constantly. Mm. And Tom Vassell also says it all the time. <gasps> and he also says in that regard, in this regard, in that regard, all the time. Call out to the dice tower. So there are many things in this life where just being around other people, you will find yourself talking like them. Yeah. Even you have this thing where the end of your sentences will do like a little thing. It helps me get excited <laughs> and hype. And your tone of voice rises. And yeah. so I found myself doing that every now and then. Just another evidence of that we kind of thing. We spend a lot of time together. 
<laughs> Guilty as <laughs> But we're having fun. Do I influence you in any positive way? Nope. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Your comedy makes me laugh. But anyway, that is where all righty entered my life. Was from my know. co-worker at work and from the constant supply of Dice Tower videos that I watch on a constant basis. Oh, we both love Dice Tower. But great. you know, I try to keep my finger very close to the pulse of board gaming. They are like one of the biggest names in board gaming. So, yeah, I love their videos of the first half just really breaking down the game and teaching it mm-hmm. and then their opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never get bored. I never like skip ahead because I want to learn about the game mm-hmm. but then I love their opinion. Sorry. Anyway. We're just gushing about the Dice Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about this enterprise. Sorry. <laughs> Back to the kitchen spirit. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> so let us now go and learn a thing or two about Sweden, shall we? Let's. Following his triumph at the Battle of Lutzen in 1632, King Gustavus Adolphus led the Kingdom of Sweden to further victories over Catholic armies, defeating and partitioning the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth with Brandenburg and Russia in 1644. Following his death in 1651, Gustavus Adolphus was succeeded by his son, King Gustav III, who went on to defeat the Kingdom of Denmark in a series of campaigns between 1657 and 68, and secure total Swedish dominion over the Baltic Sea. Gustav III was succeeded by his son, Eric, in 1683, who became the Eight Vasa ruler of Sweden. Under his rule, constrained from further growth on the continent by Russia to their east and the Holy Roman Empire and Prussia to their south, Sweden began leveraging their powerful navy to set up colonies throughout the world. The absorption of former Polish lands in the eastern Baltic has given Sweden a significant influx of Slavs and other non-Scandinavian people. While a tremendous boon to their economic and military power, this demographic shift has also been a source of internal turmoil, as the Kingdom of Sweden attempts a historically difficult task of integrating a multi-ethnic society. Along with a desire for more natural resources, Sweden's desire for a safety valve outlet for discontents and political agitators has driven their desire to establish themselves as a colonial power. Well, there you go. That's the lore. A significant influx of Slavs, you say, huh? (laughs) I always like learning the lore because it helps me better understand the adversary. Like, oh, they Mm -hmm. have a powerful navy or, you know, their desire for natural resources. So maybe they add extra blight. It's fun. Kind of exactly like how Habsburg was. Mm -hmm. It helps me get engaged and more into the whole, like, theme of it all. Yeah. My heritage is 50% Yugoslavian on my mother's side. (gasps) So, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) They're attacking you. (laughs) My ancestors. (laughs) Well, kind of. They don't have a Germany one yet. Brandenburg, Prussia is as close to Germany as you're going to get because Brandenburg, Prussia isn't really around anymore. They kind of broke up into a lot of places. History. Yeah. There you go. But what does the book say about strats? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. I got close. I caught myself. I caught myself. You're better than this, Ryan. I'm better. I must Stay strong. I must fight it. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, how about that? Nice. There you go. The book says that Sweden's ravages are far more dangerous than most. You ain't kidding. Yeah. (laughs) With advanced military tactics and a large population interested in farming and mining, the crown's policies favor assimilating the Dahan where possible, though these efforts will only work where the invader population is large. Oh, I hate that so much. 
It's so rude. <laughs> rude. Rude. <laughs> rude seems like such a tame word to use here. <laughs> it's beyond rude. Yeah, that's actually pretty it awful. It sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> this adversary is notably easier for spirits who can prevent ravages, i.e. a spread of rampant green yep. or vital strength of the earth. What? It's a true statement. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. On that explicit, <laughs> specific Earth has notion. one card that can help. Nice job. <laughs> I would also like to offer up Many Minds. Mm, definitely. As a member of the modern era to this oh, nice. selection. The Jagged Earths. Yeah. A note regarding setup. The Kingdom of Sweden can add Blight during setup. Blight added during setup does not cascade or destroy spirit presence. Well, that is very nice, because that would kind of be uh, unfair. <laughs> You're already cascading. <laughs> and we're dead. I haven't played the game yet. You lost. <laughs> Vengeance is like, I don't mind. <laughs> Let them come. Interesting that the book doesn't tell you who is bad against them. We do. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We got that covered. That's what we're here for. And you have our back, because you told us in our survey. Yes, so. thank you for that, listeners. Let's go ahead and learn about what do they actually do, John? So their loss condition is none. Hey! hey the second and final one? That's true, yeah. Yeah, we brought that up in Brandenburg. We're like, hey, one of two, that don't. And who was the other one? Sweden. Well, here we are at Sweden. And now look where we, we are. We have now completed all of the adversaries that have no additional loss condition. The two of them. At the moment, anyway. I wonder, because I've always wondered if we're going to add more, like, low complexities. I wonder if we'll get... More like, adversaries? More adversaries with, like, no additional loss condition. I kind of wanted to save dialogue such as this for a future... Save for the podcast! <laughs> <laughs> topic where we talk about what we would like to to see added to the Ooh, game. Okay, let's see. And that. that's where I've hidden all my other ideas that we have referenced about like, I have this really cool idea for a new power card save or for it. a new spirit or whatever. So we'll save that for a future speculation episode Oh, where we can kind of talk about things we'd like to see or things that would be a pretty cool addition to the game. That would be a fun community episode too. If I think we so. Can, yeah, we would can. Would you guys have a, well, if we ask the community, what's an idea for a new spirit? <laughs> <laughs> the custom spirit just breaks down the door. Peace the river. <laughs> we'll just get flooded by like 210 comments. That Discord channel is overwhelming. And it's really cool, the homebrew spirits, but there's yeah, too many. There's so many. Maybe we should keep it to something else. <laughs> anyway, moving on. But there is one adversary that is glaringly obvious that needs to be added to this game. And I think it's pretty obvious, but we'll table that for another time. On so. to their escalation, stage two escalation. Yes, this is about Sweden. This yes. is not about future stuff. Let's so go let's back go to Sweden. And bring it back to where we are in the modern day breath. Further escalation is called swayed by the invaders. Oh, I hate this. This is what we were talking about with the Dahan. After invaders explore into each land this phase, if that land has at least as many invaders as Dahan, replace one Dahan with one town. <sighs> we both love our Dahan. Right. What sucks is that the bad guys don't have to outnumber them. They have to equal them. Yeah. This means if they will explore into a land that has just one Dahan. That one explorer will trigger this ability because guess what? That land has at least as many invaders as Dahan. This is why they feel a little bit faster to me because it's like that right. explorer already built. Right. So here's the thing that sucks. What? So you have a land that is clear, but there's a Dahan in there. So the Dahan's all by themselves. Yay! One explorer goes in. Okay, it's just an explorer. I'll deal with that later. Uh-oh. Dahan goes out the window. What? Town shows up. What? And then they build, a and it's a city. city. So At it goes from... At least those cities don't do extra damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. 
Lord with the towns! <laughs> You're dead. So that land quickly goes from just one to Han to one explore, one town, one city. No And down. those buildings have bonus damage. And there's and no, no to Han. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I hate this so much. This caused such mental anxiety for me. Mm. I think the best way to combat this is to prevent and explore with either isolating or... Wild tokens. A, a wild token. Or just simply having your Dahan clumped up in a lot of spaces. Mm. So that when they do show up, A, if they go into an empty land, there was no Dahan to be there because you got them out of there. Or B, if they go into a land that does have a lot of Dahan, statistically, hopefully, since you clump them up in such big numbers, the new invader that goes in there will not have the same number of Dahan as invaders in there. I guess I'm just not used to clumping up Dahan like that. I like them kind of spread out amongst lands. Sometimes events help Mm -hmm. if there's like Dahan in a bunch of lands with their presence or you want to use them for defense and them to fight back. I don't Mm -hmm. want like six Dahan one land. Right. But we kind of have to with Sweden. Yep. So that's how I think you could probably get around that one. It's but smart, but just not the way I typically play. Mm-hmm. That is base one difficulty. So that is like a, just difficulty one with the escalation. Yep. If you have just the escalation, they're at difficulty of one. Okay. So at level one, they go to a difficulty of two. Okay. Oh no. Their difficulty doubled. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Slow down there. <laughs> they do. They slow down in the doubling. Thankfully. So yeah, they go to difficulty two. They have nine fear cards. So we are still at a standardized fear deck with three across the board for mm-hmm. stages one, two, and three respectively. They acquire the perk heavy mining. Oh. If the invaders do at least six damage to a land during ravage, add an extra blight. No. This extra blight does not destroy presence nor cascades. Okay. Thank goodness. Because that would be kind of ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> if you have a sacred site and if the two blight destroy your whole sacred site, that'd yep. be tough. Yep. And so this is one of their two most famous things right here. The double blight. And it comes very early at level one. Well, you think six damage, that's a lot. Yeah. In a normal adversary where they don't do extra damage, right. like six damage. Man, right. That's a good Because that's to go through. Right. Six over. Yeah. So, man, just wait to level three. Okay, anyway. <laughs> on level two, difficulty three. Okay, we went up by one. And the fear cards also went up by mm-hmm. one to ten, so we're at three, four, three. Mm. Population pressure at home. During setup, on each board, add one city to land number four. Uh, on boards where land four starts with a blight, put that blight in land five instead. Mm-hmm. Adding extra cities to start, not fun. <laughs> <laughs> not fun. And they're not just any cities, are they? Oh, definitely not. No. <laughs> Do you like starting with two cities on your board? I well, don't. Here you go. So land four, that will usually be one of your middle lands. Mm-hmm. Lands four and five will usually be, generally speaking, in the center of your board. So you're going to have a big city in the smack dab middle of your board. Yeah, so you have a city on the coast and now in the inland. Right. Oof. So that's just fun. But as we said, it's easy to remember. All you have to do is put the city on. So that's a nice rule. Sure is. Moving on to level three. They go from difficulty three to difficulty five. Oof. So this is the first time where their difficulty has spiked more than just one. They still are at ten fear cards, though. They remain at three, four, three. So far, not so bad on the whole fear card thing. No, that's true. This is quite good, actually. Yeah, this is where they get their crazy. (laughs) Break it down. Here it is. Level three is where it hits hard. Fine steel for tools and guns. Towns now deal three damage, and cities deal five. Oh, 
Uh, towns in our cities damage yes. wise. Towns now equate to cities when it comes to damage. And cities, and cities are, now are equate to just vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Remember how we said they had to do six damage? Well, guess what? One town, one city. That's eight. <laughs> Can you imagine playing Russia with Sweden with their explorers also doing extra damage? Literally everyone. Everyone's doing damage. This is fun. I'm having fun. You do bonus damage. You do bonus damage. And you get bonus damage. Everyone gets bonus Let's damage. Let's all have fun. Let's attack the land. Why not? Yeah, this is where they kind of become Sweden for me. Level yeah. three. Yep. By level three, in my opinion, in my eyes as well, they have fully assumed their intended identity. Heavy guns. They're just attacking the lands and also extra blight. Yep. Boom. It's just such a simple one too, but it sucks. <laughs> well, right, because there's so many defend cards in the minor know, deck that right. are just like cheap and, you free. know, free. Defend, Easy to access. Defend five or something. This is awesome. Hey, defend five works for a single building. <laughs> it's Great. terrible. It's Do terrible. Do you have literally more than one building in that land? Uh, Typically, uh, usually, yes. <laughs> that happens when things build. Laughs in downpour. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Downpour is the exception. Yep. You can now see, guys, even though we're halfway through Sweden's card here, that prevention is better than defense. <laughs> yeah. We learned that quick as well, playing them. Yep. On to level four. Level four. They increase by one, so six difficulty. Mm-hmm. One extra fear card. There it is. So we're at 11 fear cards. We have three, four, four. Mm. It is called Royal Backing. During setup, after adding all other invaders, discard the top card of the invader deck. On each board, add one town to the land of that terrain with the fewest invaders. So now we lost a turn. Yep. Now we lost a so turn. So remember we talked about the fact that they act a little bit faster than you might think? Well, their escalation is to credit for half of that. The other half is because they discard a card at the very beginning. When constructing an invader deck for the games of Spirit Island, you have four stage one cards. You do. You burn one. Correct. So now you have three. So now you don't know which one you have. So the problem is, is that you are going to be burning one, which leaves you two. And this royal backing is the thing that burns it. And oh, on each board, add a town. So, uh-huh. so now we're getting an extra six. And now an extra town. Look at all these characters that might start with a disease on their board or something like that. Well, guess what? This says add it. Doesn't say build. Yeah. Whoop. Just there. Hey, you remember that one city that started? That extra one yeah. in the middle of the board? I hope you like towns, too, because... Towns, cities, just keep adding them. We <laughs> lost a turn. Now, now we only the city t- was notably bad because that one had bonus damage. Okay, well, now it's a town. Maybe... Ho- uh, no, it has bonus damage, too. They Crap. both have bonus damage. <laughs> that is true. Ugh. So you have those two cards now. You burned one because natural setup. You burn the second one because of royal backing. Yep. Now you do one stage one card as the initial explorer. So you have a single stage one a card. A single card. <laughs> For your, like, basically first turn. Yeah. You technically have two stage one cards when it comes to playing against Sweden, but seeing how one of those two cards is, in fact, the initial explorer, it feels like you only, like have, you one. only have one. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very fast. It feels like we're kind of playing Brandenburg Prussia. Like, all of a sudden, like, boom, they're moving. Right. They're cooking. Because sometimes Brandenburg takes a little time to get going because they don't add much extra buildings. Right. I know they start level three, John, but they don't build quickly like this where they start with four buildings on your right. island. They got so many buildings. <laughs> Just to start. And they're about to get more because what? at level five, they increase difficulty by one again. How about that? Except from two to three, every time they go up in difficulty, it's by one. Hmm. 
Huh. Anyway, that's completely for free, neither here nor there. Anyway, so level five, they're at difficulty seven. They get another fear card. We are at 12. Still not bad. Uh, <laughs> for a level five adversary to have 12, yeah. it is four across the board. Four, four, four. They acquire the perk Mining Rush. Oh, by the way, I hate this one. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't liked one of them yet, Ryan. <laughs> Which one of you likes? <laughs> uh, the second one. When? Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> Mining rush. Mining rush. When ravaging, adds at least one blight. I like how it says at least one because it's like <laughs> the capacity to add two is quite high, but at least it's one. Uh, great. <laughs> okay. When it adds at least one to a land, also add a town to an adjacent land without buildings. Perfect. Luckily, Cascading Blight will not cause this effect. Thank goodness. So this happened to us quite often in our game. Unfortunately, it did. Because we would have an empty land. Right. The land next to it would blight, and now we have a town there. Right, but if this effect happened whenever they double blighted, that'd be, you know, okay, makes sense. You don't want them to get their famous double blighting thing. Oh, yeah. it happens whenever. They blight. Okay, screw you two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any adversaries are going to blight. Right. So we're just right. adding towns just willy nilly. And now. just so many towns, but it's in the worst kind of land. Add it to an adjacent land without buildings in a land that you cleared. Yeah, right. Ugh. The thing that sucks about this is because I like having clear lands, working hard to clear a spot. It's we have, so gratifying when it's like, it's completely clear. Right. It's, and when you can I've find bad good. guys to have one or two problem spots and just commit to the problem land strategy and have all the bad guys in just one or two lands. It'll blight. That's a fine. I'll deal with it later. Right. Well, these guys kind of are rebellious to your control methods because if they go and blight that land that they are in, they will just for free add a town to those clear lands. Once again, maneuver around build actions so right. disease does nothing. Right. Because it's add. It wasn't a build action. It just says add. Yeah, this one wasn't fun. This one wasn't fun, but it provided a <laughs> secret benefit to our game that I'm going to get into in about maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows uh, how long we'll win? Seeing that it says adjacent land, I never actually did this, but looking ahead next time I play Sweden mm-hmm. or people listening, if you isolate the land that's ravaging, it's not adjacent yeah. to anything. Yep. So I don't think I did that. I was more focused on preventing explore. Right. But that is just something I picked up on. Storm Swath, where are you? Where's Storm Swath? <laughs> Downpour, isolate everything. Yes. <laughs> just repeat isolations. All right. Last Alrighty. level six. Here we go. We cap off at eight difficulty. Oh. The lowest of the adversaries. It's true. Doesn't feel like it. I know some people say it feels weaker, but something about that blight and damage, it feels like 10 to me at times. Ugh. All right. Fear cards. 13, mm. 4, 4, 5. So your fight will be in the end game. Yeah. We're in the end game now. Still, though, 13 fear cards for a fully leveled up adversary? Yeah, it's no Scotland. That's, That's true. Not bad. Not so bad. Maybe because I don't play fear spirits often. I'm more of a control type. So mm-hmm. it still feels like a hill to climb for me. Yeah. But you like your miss and sharp fangs, mm-hmm. and you're like 13 fear cards. Cheese. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. That's easy. All right, last one. Prospecting outposts during setup on each board at a town and one blight to land eight. <sighs> The blight comes from the box, not the blight card. Thank goodness. Oh, we're adding another town. Let's just keep adding Yay. towns. How many? So now we added three extra buildings to the starting board. So, oof. remember, we already start the game with a city on the coast. Yes. But then we got a city in the middle of the board. Yes. Then we got a random town somewhere because of the card that we burned for level four. Yes. And now we have a guaranteed town and blight on the inland. It's everywhere. It is literally everywhere. Land number eight is your most inland land. So they are, uh, 
Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> You're screwed. Bad guys everywhere. It's just so weird seeing so much plastic on a starting board. Mm-hmm. Even with more difficult adversaries. Mentally speaking, when I first played these Swedes at level six for the first time, on one hand, I'm like, boy, I don't know where to start because yeah. they're literally bad. everywhere. It's all bad. On the other hand, it gives you the unseen benefit of if you don't know where to go, pick one. It's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> where are they going? Where should I go? There's three towns and two cities. Pick yes. one. <laughs> Yes, that's where you should go. <laughs> John, should I go here? Yeah. Sure. You pick one? Nice. <laughs> Can't go wrong. And if the land's uh, empty, it probably won't be for long. So right, no, it won't go be. Go there, too. <laughs> All right, that was Sweden, huh? Yeah. Okay, let's go and talk about this awesome game that we had. Can I start by saying, before we get into the game, we sat side by side. That yeah. was really fun. Yeah? Thanks you like for, that? Yeah. Thanks for Aww. trying that out. Usually when we play games, I'm on one side of the table, John's on the other. Most of the games I've played has been that way, but I thought it would be something different to, like, sitting next to each other and seeing what cards you pull. And, right. Like, the camaraderie seemed tighter somehow. Yeah. I could, like, literally see you triggering your innate and right. I'd be like, yeah, I see you're doing level three of right. your innate. You can just look over to the side that's right next to you where your buddy's sitting. Oh, okay. I can see what you got. Yeah, and like, Oh, you got that card. That's Right. awesome. Are there any people out there who hold their hands of cards like a fan deck, like you're playing poker? Or do you have them all displayed on the table? Because I have mine all on the table in front of me. And I first learned playing from you, so I also just display my cards in case one of the teammates wants to look. Right. And so because we have our cards laid out in such a way, I was able to look at John and be like, okay, let's see what you got. Okay, here we go. And so like, I physically orient my cards on the table in certain areas. I have my one... card. Right. My discard area is one spot, yep. and then I have my on deck for what I'm using this turn, and my third pile is my hand. Oh, and when you finish playing a card, you turn it. Because of Magic the Gathering, oh. whenever you would tap a card, sometimes you'll have to do this, you will use a card and you rotate it 90 degrees to the side so that you can remind yourself that you've used it. That's smart. So, just as a habit, whenever I use a card in this game, I tap it, and then I don't discard it yet because I still want to see what elements I had, if that would be a thing. And then once the turn is over, in the time pass this phase, I will remove it from my on-deck pile to my Smart. discard pile. Because sometimes with bigger hand spirits, when you can play four or five cards, you're yep. like, did I already play this one? Right. And the people are going, yep. they're like, I already did something in this land. You're like, well, I had something lined up. It's nice if you have a turn. Yep. You're like, I already Whoop. did that card. Yep. Smart. I'm going to start doing yep. it. But yeah, I also was surprised at how much I enjoyed being legitimately physically adjacent to yeah. the other human player. It was fun. That was fun. A little fun tidbit yep. of our game behind the scenes. Oh, goodness, this game was hard. Whoa. Oh, geez. Well, let's talk about our spirits. Oh, my word. Because we got the voting of everyone of, like, what the top spirits would be. Right. And Ryan didn't go with any of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, really quick, multiple clarifications. One, you can tell that this game was a victory because we said we had an awesome game. That's true. If we lost, we would say, oh, it was such a close game. We would, yeah, actually. The adjective in the sentence probably would be different, but... Ah! The fact that we won! And the yes. way we won and how difficult it was. I know. Yeah. So, we did not play as any counterpigs. <laughs> Although some of you will contest that for one of us, I think. Maybe, but maybe not as wholesale as other people will. Yeah. So, we were able to win, but who did we play as, John? Well, I played Finder. And I played Mist. So, yeah. spoilers, this is the first time we've ever played as our mains together. Right. Eh, well, kind of. We've played as our mains together. Flipped! Flipped! <laughs> I was Finder and you were Mist. And it was our first time playing Finder and Mist. Right. And so this was a fun game right from the get-go because we're like, we're going to look at all the data that everyone says. Okay, okay. 
yeah, I'm not going to do any of that. <laughs> We're just going to play our favorites and see what happens. Yeah, it was fun to finally play our mains together. The mm. spirits we played the most, and we've like not done the most research on. obvious pairing, either. <laughs> it was unique, but we found some fun combos yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. One theme that was really helpful that we'll comment on later was the control that was yielded by both yeah. contributed to a very effective sum. It was great. I always forget how much of a control spirit mist can turn into with yeah. that right and eight, where yeah. you're just moving Lost the in the swirling haze. Oh, yep. it's so good. For some reason, I don't know why I thought this, but in the beta version, I thought that you treated every level as a separate power. Okay. Kind of like how with Finder, when you look at their innates, you can treat each one as a separate yep. power. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that. Because if you listen to the hype list, you hear me make the claim, Mist is ridiculously controlling. Oh, it's insane. Ridiculous control. Uh, not really. I mean, not you- that degree, but it's because I was under the false, like I said, I don't know why I thought that. For some reason, I thought that you treated each level as a separate one. I don't uh, know okay. why I thought that. There's literally okay. nothing that should have made my mind think that, but whatever. I think you are still pretty strong in control because you have an innate that never mm-hmm. goes away that is focused on control. Right. So, not long ago, I don't know, what, 10 minutes maybe? I said that Minding Rush has a secret strength. And that's the ability that says when ravaging will add one blight to a land, it also adds a town to Mm -hmm. an adjacent land without buildings. The secret strength to this one is every now and then we would have an event that made a beast kill a town I was milking. Oh, And I'm like, dang it! Stop it! And of course, you know, I'm not... uh, That keen? Not that keen on precisely that happening. (laughs) But it was actually quite nice because whenever there is a town that gets finished off and Mist was milking that town, I'm always looking for, okay, who's next? Yeah. And as silly as it sounds, it was quite nice to be like, oh, you'll do quite fine. Well, there is buildings everywhere, so <laughs> right, you there's found... everywhere. <laughs> Bad guy dies. Ooh. You'll do it quite nicely. <laughs> I'll just go on, move to this dude. What was interesting to me is you had some bad card pulls. Yeah, but we had some pretty bad luck, didn't it, we, John? But it showed how strong those uniques are for Mist. Oh, goodness, yes. My only downside was that I would have preferred to trigger them a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> so this was a very interesting game, y'all. We did have events, as we just described, and we had Sweden at their highest difficulty at level six. And I will and- say, we did a very... Very good job following every rule. Don't we always? We do. (laughs) Sometimes Laura... Well, she's not here. <laughs> Sometimes I have to, when me and you are just playing, it's just nice to have someone. I love you, sweetie. <laughs> it's nice to have someone that doesn't continually cheat. Well, she doesn't listen to this anyway. So. Hello, oh. my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my <laughs> Love you, Laura. Anyway, it was just like, oh, yeah, Ryan's following the rules. This is nice. <laughs> you have so much games under your belt where you like, uh, was that a win? And was like, I chose the blight card so we would have a still healthy island blight card. I'm like, that feels like cheese. Feels dirty. <laughs> yeah, dirty wins. <laughs> anyway, this felt like a nice clean win. Hey, there you go. But we had some pretty bad luck. Tell, okay. Tell them about the events. So we had farmers early and we had missionaries early. Early? I think it was like uh, uh, turn, turn two three. and yeah, turn two and three. Two and three. Yeah, it was farmers two, missionaries three. In fact, I think I yelled at you, do you ever <laughs> shuffle your deck or do you want to have farmers on the top? Every time I played with you, I feel you like remember we always get farmers. <laughs> I don't. I was angry. So here is my one saving grace to all of you naysayers who hate me for the fact that I dislike events. I will say this much. 
At least I don't edit the event card deck. You don't. I take it on full on assault, baby. Pull out farmers, Ryan. <laughs> I take it on full on. All right. Take what? out farmers. Take out strange madness. Take out outpace. Not it's not an event. So go ahead, make fun of me. But no, I have an undiluted event deck. Unfiltered. They're yep. all there. Every it's one of them. All of them. Oof. Yep. And I feel so, it when I play with you. <laughs> at least I have that going for me. Sometimes I do like cheating with Laura. <laughs> She's like, I don't like this one. I'm like, oh, let's burn it. John, it seems you have a crisis of your mental thought here. Over Do here. I want to cheat and win? <laughs> Tainted wins. <laughs> anyway, we had some rough events. So yeah, uh, we did have a few bad events. Oh, by the way, we had Downward Spiral as our Blight card. Oh, by the way, we Blighted. <laughs> who would have thought against Sweden? To those of you who don't know, Downward Spiral is literally the worst card in the game, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it's one of my least favorites. I know some people say that Tipping Point is, in fact, the worst. I think I agree. The thing is, is Tipping Point, usually you can survive at any point in the game. Because it's not ongoing. It's just three right. presents off the rip. Right, because Tipping Point will hurt you when you are A, at the very beginning of the game, or B, you are already losing pretty bad already. Yeah. So is it really Tipping Point's fault that it finished you off if you were at a point where Tipping Point could finish you off? Also, if you're Volcano, shame on you for not having at least four presents. Or C, you're playing Volcano. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. like, don't go too explosion happy. Yeah. You gotta be aware when Out you're blighting. Out of consideration. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is early game, why are you blighting this early? <laughs> right. So not even have four <laughs> presents on the board yet? Right. Some people start with three presents at game start. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna blight and turn one or two and get tipping point. No. So it was like, what, turn five, six? I think it was five and we got downward spiral. Yeah. So downward spiral simply says that at the start of the spirit phase, Destroy a presence. We did. Oh. Everyone. Well, if you recall that one blight card, Memory Fades to Dust, where you have a choice. Either forget a power card or destroy a presence. At I, least that one, you can stall a little bit better because you can just keep getting cards, keep getting cards. And so long as you keep acquiring new cards, you can break even and wash out because you gain a new card and you forget a card. Speaking of that time you played Finder, we got that. We got player. that one. Yeah. But you were very smart where you would get a new card every turn. Yep. Or at least as often as I could. As often as you could. And right. it would be your burn card if it was yep. bad. If I didn't get a new card that turn, that meant I was losing a presence yeah. because my cards in that game were awesome and I didn't want to get <laughs> yeah, out you of don't them, want to so. lose good cards here though with downward spiral you lack that choice it just straight up happens Every single turn, you're losing a presence. But on the bright side, it's actually not as bad as you think. Because think about it. When we got it, I was looking at my tracks. I'm like, you know, I still have like, what? five, six presents on my yeah. board. So, so long as I keep putting presents out there, you know, each turn in my growth phase, I'm still going to be able to tread water for at least another five to six turns. So I was feeling a bit of the sting because Finder yeah. likes those teleports. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those hey, portals. I don't like this, okay? <laughs> okay? I'm playing as Mist who can damage more people based on how many presents I have out Adjacently, there. Adjacently, yeah. Or I can defend better based on how much presents I have out there. It's not good for anyone. <laughs> it's not good for either of us. But yeah, it's kind of like once you get used to the band-aid being ripped off, you're like, oh, right. I lost another the presence. It was bad. I'm just saying it wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> but it wasn't fun. But it's not. <laughs> so yeah, we had Downward Spiral. We had some really unfortunate event cards. And like we said, I had some pretty bad card draws. I will say you picked up Nature's Resilience. That helped. But you didn't really use it for defense. 
Yeah, it was more of a blight removal. <laughs> it was just funny. I typically use it for the defense. I did what I could. You do. But I think it was a two water yeah. to trigger. It's it- a card that has earth, plant, and animal on it, yet it has a threshold that triggers if you have water, which is interesting because it's actually not common for a card to have a threshold that requires that element that it itself does not give you. And yeah, it doesn't give you any of that element. But well, don't you- worry. I am filled with water you with have- this character. So You have water on your track. Oh, yeah. It and- was fine. It was actually a very good blight removal card for yeah. me. So, one comment here. You've heard me talk about how overpowered Mist can be in the past, and you've heard me talk about how from turn two onwards, mm-hmm. you can go and get a level two Lost in the Swirling Haze from then on. I think it would be really beneficial for me to make the qualifying claim that this can be done if your card draws are really good. Mm. Okay. This won't happen all the time. I hate that it's not as consistent as I would like it to be, but Mist is slightly dependent on some card draws. Both for your energy gain and for those elements. Okay. Because obviously you're going to have a high chance of drawing a power card that doesn't have fire. But like you had those few times. You're like, hey, all, all fire. fire. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. You don't think it will, but it does. Right. Mist gains a bonus of one energy when they acquire a card that doesn't have a fire element on it. And so if they're all fire, it's like crap. I was banking on this one element. So yes, I must admit that the strength that I have referred to in the past can be achieved, but it's achieved when your card draws are, hey, nice. Pretty good, and you are constantly, consistently getting those air, moon, and water elements. I want to give the peak at the end of the tunnel of Mm -hmm. what happens stats-wise, and then we can kind of go into how we got there. Mm -hmm. So, with those 13 fear cards, you need 104 fear between two players to win. Yep. Everyone at home, Finder only got 20 fear the entire game. (laughs) And that was on one card play. <laughs> Missed that was the a rest. pretty cool card it was, play. We'll go into that, but I Missed want everyone to know. 82. 82 fear. If you're wondering why there's two extras, because on the last turn, we actually grabbed two extra after we had gotten the wing condition, but we're just tacking that on for fun. Yeah. Dahan and some yeah. events netted us some Got fear. us four fear. Yeah. And the other 80 was missed. <laughs> I think that's insane. I think people need yeah. to just really relook at Miss as a. Yep. And we'll get into that experience. later. We'll get into the role that Miss had to fill but was able to fill and quite nicely you had to do many things because oh, i yeah. also wasn't damaging anything as a finder yeah. player but it was pretty frustrating on my end because i'm like man i am not getting my cards that i That's need always tough i'm not getting the elements i need and that is crucial for at least the way i play mist i heavily base my play style with mist off of consistently getting my innates and this game i had some pretty inconsistent innates and i felt because so of my card draws. While you were grimacing, I was picking up some really nice cards. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you always feel bad, though, when you're like, oh, this is perfect for fighting. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. Yeah. But this game, I honestly had no idea we were going to win. This was one where I genuinely did not know we were going to win. To some players, this is the thrill that you are chasing. That uncertainty of yeah. knowing you're not going to win. It was fun for me. It was stressful for me. Okay. <laughs> I think a third of the way through, maybe half way, it was looking real bad, Ryan. Oh, there were so it was looking many bad guys. Really bad. So many bad guys. I mean, there were just dozens I think of bad guys. the flaw of Finder not being able to destroy anything, or just not having destroy capabilities... Was, was accentuated. Was really showing. Yeah. We really felt it here. 
<laughs> I was moving him around, Ryan. I gotta say, control really showed its value in this game. Yeah, both of us is flexing on moving people around. So we mentioned it earlier. I guess we can talk about it now. Having two control spirits. Yes, I know Mist isn't as controlly as other spirits, but they have control elements. Yeah. Having control capabilities was fantastic. I was even pulling John out of dangerous spots here. Oh, yeah. You were? With flowing and silent forms dart by. Mm. And I was able to go ahead and push to Han, and I was able to push explorers. John, of course, was pushing <gasps> literally everything else. Everything I could. But seriously, it was about maybe four to five, maybe two to three, but around there, actions per turn. We skipped this ravage, that yeah. ravage, this build, that explorer. Isolate here. That one. Isolate here. You had some clutch isolates. All right. I want to talk about that. Never before has my power of using isolation been such a group discussion. Mm-hmm. Usually you're looking at your player board, you're seeing what you right. trigger, and you're kind of picking a land and saying, is anyone doing anything here? And they're like, no. Right. And they're like, okay, I'll do something. Right. And sometimes you're just throwing a dart at a dart You board. throw a dart and I'm like, hey guys, I'm isolating this jungle. And the team's like, what? Right. Oh, okay, cool. Right, we'll sure, see fine. what happens. But this here, game. Here, we needed to make it count. So, what kind of behavioral change does that make to your gameplay when you want to make it count? You really examine statistics. We really discussed every single isolate. Right. Okay, so this one goes here, but this one, we want to keep this land from being entered. This land, however, we want to keep bad guys from coming from. Yep. There was one point where we are like, okay, we are in stage two. How many cards would be left? And there were three. Okay, one of them was burned, and let's see, which ones have we not encountered yet? Well, we haven't encountered the sands, the jungles, or the coastal, the lands. coastal lands. So, because of this, we were looking at the board state yep. and whatnot, and we had some coastal jungles. So, of those three cards, we had jungle and we had coastal lands. We knew we were probably going to come up. So, two of those three cards yeah. will apply to the coastal jungles. I like those odds. So, let's isolate those. And where do they show up? Coastal lands. They showed up on coastal lands, so those jungles that John had isolated were fine. I mean, just stopping them at the source is so huge against Sweden. Right, but thinking about which cards are coming, this actually really helped. Yeah, but it was just really fun to show the cooperativeness of yes. just like a power discussion. That, yeah, the typically I just kind of use willy nilly or the I don't really. Satisfaction with healthy discussion and the benefits of it. Yeah, that was huge amounts of fun. It was really, really nice. And that coastal land card, I actually was like, oh. <laughs> It was a reprieve, y'all. Sometimes you're playing an adversary where the coastal land card is actually a break from the escalation. We don't have to switch out to Han. Yes. To those of you who don't know, the coastal land card is usually frowned upon on lower difficulty games because the coastal land card will be going against three lands Mm -hmm. at a time instead of just one kind of land or two if you're at stage three. Yeah. So usually the stage two coastal land card is a bad thing to see. However, it has a saving grace because at least it doesn't have the escalation symbol. Well, this emotional standpoint I've just described was completely flipped for us. <laughs> we wanted to we, see this card. We like, please can it come up? <laughs> I was so sick of seeing that stupid Swayed by the Invaders. Y'all, I gotta say, Swayed by the Invaders really hurt Mist. It hurt oh, Finder too. But at least you had a tool to stop it. That's true. You had 
had ways to isolate. Yep. It did hurt you, though, in the fact that you wanted to Han there they when you fighting. would right, defend. They would fight for you. Yeah. For me, I can go and deal with an explorer in the slow phase by pushing a bad guy or killing a bad guy with my amazing slow innates. Yeah. That is how I usually deal with explorers, is I kill the explorer that just showed up. However, in the slow phase, that's too late for when they go and explore swayed by the invaders happens. Not in the slow phase. So before I have a chance to act as missed in the slow phase, they've already been converted. Before you can do anything. And I don't know where they're going, so I don't know where to push them to turn prior. So it's like... Oh, they did this three times, and it hurt me all three times. Yeah. As far as where you didn't isolate. We lost some good soldiers, some good Dahan. We did. We actually did lose a lot of Dahan, and that was really annoying, especially for Finder, like you said, because for me, eh, not so bad for Mist to lose Dahan. I would prefer them, but it's not the absolute worst because my best source of damage is me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have cards that do damage, Ryan. Right. So, uh, yeah, that sucked. Also, Finder has aid from the spirit speakers. Ah, yes. With that card, it says, for each Dahan, you may move one invader or presence or beast to a land within two that also has Dahan. Mm-hmm. So I liked having Dahan because I would use them to then add up like okay there's three Dahan here I can right. move three invaders but if there's no Dahan on my entire board I can't use his power right. literally right. so I needed Dahan Ugh. and we were losing them fast right and to have that ammunition with Finder where you can move more things based on how many Dahan were there mm-hmm. But they keep getting converted. Uh, there goes my uh, ammunition. And of course, seeing how it's getting converted, just like Age of Empires, this is worse than them dying. Yeah. Because if it died, it would be a difference of one. You lost one. Mm-hmm. Here, though, not only are you losing one, they are gaining oh, one. It and in this case, it's a town with bonus damage. So as far as damage coming in, it's a functioning city. It's basically a city. Uh, and I am not very good at removing plastic from the board. No. <laughs> and they keep showing up in multiple. Well, at least they keep taking my ammo, and uh, I can't do anything about it. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Do anything about the fact that the new bad guy is not something I can kill. But the game eventually started taking a turn, right? It did. So luckily, we just kept at the control game. We kept at the control game, and John was able to, with some of my help, but mostly John, confide all the bad guys into problem lands and into one Into the skinniest little jungle. (laughs) Literally the one all on the side. Yeah. The thinnest jungle (laughs) had all of the bad guys. But! Irresistible Call really helped Finder in yeah, this Yeah, so I had some good card pulls, Ryan. <laughs> How are you doing over there? <laughs> I know we've talked, that could be like a lure card, Yep. but Finder really can use Isolating it. Isolating the land yes. was clutch because it got around their stupid level 5 mining rush ability, which adds a town to an adjacent land. Guess what? We also skip all actions in there. So <laughs> even if they did add stuff, they're not blighting because no one's doing anything. And that elements of threshold. So the card gives you a sun, an air, and a plant, mm-hmm. and then you need two sun, three air, two plants to trigger that mm-hmm. isolate land and skip all actions. But I have elements on my tracks and all those elements are on my cards as well. It was very easy to trigger. Yeah, it was really easy and that threshold was clutch. Was so clutch. Very critical. It's cool. A little bird was making them. Maybe it was the singing of the bird. Like a little... Hey. 
<laughs> little whistling, and they were like drawn Aww, to it. Yeah. And they left their towns, and they followed the little birdie. If you look at the card art of Irresistible Call, so it's not a bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe you have this tiny hummingbird, and he's just unleashing this <laughs> incredible Whitney Houston power ballad. Jebediah, what's that sound? (laughs) And everyone's just spellbound by this... These massive throbbing <laughs> vocals being belted from this tiny little bird. Let's go to that. Let's move Anyway, that was my little birdie. I want to talk about my big one time I earned fear. Oh, it was awesome. By the way, oh, I'm still kind of dumbfounded. I can look back at it fondly now. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, we actually won that. We were in a bad spot. Wow, that got close. So that one skinny jungle we were talking about, I was grouping up everything mm-hmm. in there. And with Manifest Incarnation, you get one fear for each building and each of your presence in target land. Yeah. So guess how many buildings are in there? There was a lot. <laughs> and I had a lot of presence. It ended up, and then I also got the threshold of plus three fear Mm -hmm. i ended up with 20 fear from that one card 20 fear from a single card and in a two-player game guess what that means two fear cards (laughs) (laughs) it's nice it helps oh my goodness it was amazing and i remember if i'm not mistaken when you were pulling for that card didn't you also have volcanic eruption as well so ryan you are so correct and this was again another fun discussion where Mm -hmm. i found my boom boom card right but we kind of needed fear i don't know yeah destruction we were like you know honestly i think we just gotta double down fear we gotta go for a fear victory we gotta go fear there was so much plastic i didn't think it would make enough of a dent. Right. Now, Manifest Incarnation is a very expensive card. It is a six costing card. That's a lot. Uh, John won Top Track Finder. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting 600 per round. So, here's what Manifest Incarnation does. In my experience, Manifest Incarnation is actually pretty tricky to use. Yeah. I love this card for what it can do. The ceiling of what it can do is phenomenal. But, like I said, it does have a few strings that aren't as easy to satiate. Interesting so, that lightning's on the artwork, but yeah. as none of lightning's elements, or it doesn't feel like a lightning card. I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, well. Anyway. Maybe it's pandemonium lightning, because this is a fear card. Oh. I don't know. I'm just trying to make it work. Okay. So, Manifest Incarnation. Slow power. Costs six energy. Gives you four elements. Sun, moon, earth, and animal. Nice. It's range zero, which means it has to be a land that you are in. But it also has to have a city in it. The target land must have a city in it. Luckily, we had millions of those. <laughs> Pick a land. For us, they that all... was all of them. <laughs> they all have cities. But generally speaking, yeah. to dwell in a land that has a city, you usually don't want that. No. So usually, that won't happen all the time. But here, <laughs> hey. It was a lot. So, when you pull this card off, at a base rate, it gives you six fear right off the bat. Just for playing it. Really good. But you get plus one fear for each enemy town, city, and each of your own presence in target land. So you're getting six fear right off the bat without the threshold. And if you have a ton of bad guys that you've been gathering, oh, I don't know, all game? Putting them into that jungle? Right. Then you're gonna have a ton of bad guys. And like John said, it came out to 
20 fear. It was a lot of bad guys, and we were able to milk it for all of its worth. In my personal experience, this has been the best use of Manifest Incarnation I've ever seen. Yeah, that's the most I've gotten fear-wise from this card. So, you did get the Threshold, which we'll discuss in a moment. But real quick, it gives you some fear and some damage mitigation as well. So, because of that extra three, you have a base of nine. Yeah. So, between your presence and buildings, we had 11. Yeah. Which was a lot. I think I had one presence in there, so it was 10 buildings. (laughs) (laughs) And then, what's really cool about the card is remove one city one town and an explorer which is actually quite nice for finder Finder because it's removing them you're not killing them thus you do not trigger responsibilities to the dead so nice then uh, here's the sucky bit Invaders in target land, then Ravage. But Ooh. with the elemental threshold, they get minus six damage. <clears throat> so there's so- <laughs> <laughs> those ten cities don't care about that. So usually, if you can't get the threshold, what this means is you're going to want to either A, have additional defense in that land because you are scaring the bad guys silly. Mm-hmm. You are scaring them so silly that those who remain frantically go and attack because they don't understand what's going on. That's like the lore that I feel is yeah. happening. Definitely. Or, if you don't have defense coming up, you want the town, city, or explorer that you're removing to be the only town, explorer, or city that's in there. So that the land is clear when you are done with it. But it does have a threshold, as you described, with three sun and three moon. It gives you a bonus of three fear. So that base fear that it gives you is nine now instead of six. Mm -hmm. And invaders do minus six damage on their ravage. This will dramatically help out with the whole ravage that they do because not only do you scare them silly but you negate six of their damage automatically so usually that would mean a very good thing you probably won't blight against Sweden yep doesn't in a normal game <laughs> <laughs> in a normal game if you have two of each invader and you play this card you're good nothing happens because yeah. you remove half of them now one city remains one town remains one explorer remains that is six damage and you negated all of it you're, you're perfect. good yeah. you're safe here's a <laughs> so we double blighted so they double blighted <laughs> and then a town was added but but I would rather take two Blight and one Town for 20 Fear. At that point, we just had to go for Fear. We had to. Yep. So. Unfortunately, you were kind of low on energy at this point. You can only do that once. But I only we did that needed once. it badly. And I kind of didn't want to keep adding double Blight, so I ended up forgetting the card. But that makes sense, because we didn't want to keep adding Blight. Yeah. So. It was a nice one, boom, 20 Fear. And that was the only Fear I added to the game. Luckily, I followed up with a clutch card pull, finally, with... <laughs> With Jungle Hungers. The best major ah, in the game. One of the best majors in the game. I love it. It's a lot of people actually don't like it because why? they think that you're usually going to be using this card with the whole, oh, hey, look, you can destroy all towns and destroy all explorers. That's really nice. Yeah. But usually, how many towns do you actually kill with that? Eh, maybe two. How yeah. many explorers? Eh, three or four. Mm-hmm. Eh. I can see the argument, but its potency against Habsburg is really nice, and True. if you trigger the threshold, you can spare the Dahan Friendly Fire, because Jungle Hungers has Dahan Friendly Fire, yeah. but if you get the threshold, you remove the Friendly Fire, which is nice, but it's destroy all explorers, destroy all towns, and kill one city, which is really freaking nice, but yes. it's cheap with three energy. I still think it is a fantastic card. I Plus, agree. when you have Finder on the board, conglomerating all the bad guys into one spot, Jungle Hungers is pretty <laughs> 
freaking good. So what did Jungle Hungers do with <laughs> us grouping together? Funny thing was, is this land that we've been speaking of was all the way on the far side of your board. Correct. That's fine, because you teleported me over there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Finer did finer things, and so now you're here. And now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. So you put me in the jungle, which gave me the correct legality to play Jungle Hungers. Yes. So Jungle Hungers was able to destroy 11 towns and 6 explorers. What? <laughs> oh, it was great. It's definitely the biggest I've ever seen Jungle Hungers do destruction-wise. Yeah. Really? 11? Come on. I've never yeah, seen that. Yeah, I mean, that's that. 17 invaders. That's insane. <laughs> I've never seen that capability Ironically, before. I was unable to get the threshold. And that's how okay. it played out in the game, it was I could play these useless cards to get Jungle Hungers threshold, or I can play Dissolving Vapors instead. And although playing Dissolving Vapors will mean that I do not get Jungle Hungers threshold, yeah. we still get the pretty nice Jungle Hungers level one. And Dissolving Vapors, as you will hear in a few minutes, was carrying us. Oh, that one is the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, 11 towns and six explorers. Jungle Hungers went ham. I only was able to use it once because I put my other energy and mental focus on Dissolving Vapors. So, we had nine cities in that land, <sighs> 11 towns and six explorers. Yes, because I had level one Jungle Hungers, we had to kill it to hunt. Oh, wait, they're not here. Yeah, they're all uh, gone. They're all converted. Yep. Thanks. So, we killed them. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, we killed them. <laughs> you turned your back on me. Die. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Maybe you weren't worth keeping alive anyway. <laughs> they turned our backs to us. We don't forget. <laughs> you eat one Turkish delight and you're dead to me. <laughs> Ooh. The line the witch in the wardrobe, huh? All the Dahan that turn away from us. Okay, well, bye. Yeet. So anyway, we had nine cities left. So, that turn, I played Dissolving Vapors in tandem with Jungle Hungers. So, yeah. Jungle Hungers killed literally everything but the cities, mm -hmm. and Dissolving Vapors did one damage to all nine cities. Yeah. Since I was there, I could save the damage. Yep. They all had two health left. Nothing healed. So, you had gotten Power Storm the turn prior. Yes. So, we were discussing which cards I should repeat and which cards I should do. Another fun discussion time right. during the growth of, like, planning out our turn. Right. And so... So this was the one where while we were deciding which cards I should play, the reason why we didn't go for the threshold of Jungle Hungers was I would rather play Dissolving Vapors twice mm -hmm. than get Jungle Hungers level 2. I am okay with getting Jungle Hungers level 1 one time and get Dissolving Vapors twice. I feel better with that because yeah. if I were to use Jungle Hungers twice and trigger it both times, I'm only killing two cities. And, and we had nine of them. And the Destroy All is kind of wasted. Yeah. So getting Jungle Hungers level one a single time was more valuable in my opinion. I agree. So this turn I played Dissolving Vapors on those nine cities, got them to two health. Yep. Then since you had Power Storm, I did it a second time time got us another damage on those cities and another fear. Hey, so they now have one health left. Ooh. And I just played Dissolving Vapors. I'm like, yeah, I gotta reclaim and do that again. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> so next turn, time passed and the bad guys did not heal. Thank you, Slow and Silent Death. And in the slow phase, I went and used Dissolving Vapors a third time. In the course of two turns, I had used Dissolving Vapors three times because in one turn it was repeated once and on the second term I'd reclaimed, played it a third time and bam, nine cities. And those were the only nine cities left on the islands. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That was game. So well, we sim 
simultaneously triggered two fear victories. We had a tandem victory, a fear victory, and a terror three victory at the same time. All from Dissolving Vapors. Dissolving Vapors has never carried such weight for me personally. Has never pulled so much weight. Oh, that card was just a beast this game. In my experience, usually Suffocating Shroud and The Fog Closes In mm. are the two attack powers that, for me, in my missed games, carry the most amount of And you of weight. use those a fair amount during our oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot. You were using those. But here, throughout the game, and in this clutch span of two turns, Dissolving Vapor is just cleared it. I mean, there is nothing that can survive that. No. As far as... One damage each invader. No, right. No. And we did that three times. That will literally kill every invader nothing unless heals. it's a Habsburg town or an English building. I think it was nice because that card is a two energy. Yeah. With Power Storm, I give you three energy. So yep. It was nice that you were giving a little extra bonus to <laughs> right. what you typically get. Yep. So that was pretty dope. So... The role that Mist had to play this game was Finder was nothing but control. Yeah. Mist had to fill the role of all the damage and all the fear. Pretty much. Oh, 100%. Oh, maybe some fear. Finder got 20 fear. Gay Finder. That was a nice turn I had. I literally got four times that. <laughs> you did? It was insane. <laughs> it was so cool. 82 fear, and I killed everything else. Against the highest level yeah. versus Sweden. But Mist was able to do it. Yeah. Yes, we had some favorable Dahan counterattacks here and there that we sure. were able to get, which is standard in most games. I feel as if the player will usually be conveniently using the defend cards that they find to get this. And we had some event cards that... Yeah. Stole the times that I was milking. What's most impressive to me is like you were saying, you didn't have the best card pools. Yes, you pulled Jungle Hungers and played it once. That was really nice. That was literally the only attack card that I found. That was Jungle Hungers. And so in my mind, I got to see Mist be powerful with its base cards and innates. With just the innates and starting And win us the game with Through Fear just on base Shroud Asylum Mist. That's impressive, Ryan. I think it is. And I think it's a testament to how not bad Mist truly actually is. I will admit that I could have done that earlier and significantly more efficiently had I had more cards that were in my elements, but still, with just three powers, each of which do... One damage. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I understand that Suffocating Shroud can actually deal a lot more damage than just one. But for a while in the game, Suffocating Shroud will be doing one damage. Mm -hmm. And with just eh, one damage and one damage to each guy and uh, one damage to two people, one damage to three people, that carried us. Oh, it's amazing how that (laughs) stacks. And especially since you don't let things heal. So that's huge. Doing one damage at first does not sound like it would be enough. But when you can save the damage Mm -hmm. on bad guys, it is huge. So ultimately our biggest play was conglomerating all the bad guys into one spot and Mist cleared it in two turns. Yes, it's true that we had towns and bad guys elsewhere on the board that we needed to clean up. Yep. At the very, very end, one of our fear cards was Mimic the Dahan. <gasps> we got some Dahan back. And Mimic the Dahan allows the player to convert an explorer or town and turn them into a Dahan. Take that, Sweden. So I felt as if it was a thematic, poetic fitting end. Yeah. That at the very end of the game, either the Dahan that converted to towns, they changed their mind. I like to feel as if, if it was the same group of humans, they saw the error of their ways and they were like, you know what? These Europeans weren't as cool as we thought they no. were. They weren't as honorable.
honorable as we thought they were. We're yeah. going to go back to what our own roots. We're going to go yeah. back to our own ways. Or maybe the invaders had a change of heart and oh. maybe a little bit of both. They They've saw joined they, the Dahan They now. joined the Dahan. Who Point knows? being, the bad guys converted Dahan into towns throughout the game. Yep. And at the very end, some of those towns came back and turned back into Dahan. It was and really that was thematic. very thematically yeah. fitting. And that was a really nice touch. So being able to have our Dahan come back home was really fulfilling. And I remember this game, the joy I had, because it was uh, the last turn. (laughs) (laughs) Everything we described happened on the final turn. (laughs) We're not kidding. Well, I mean, the two turns was, you know, the second to last turn. But when we clinched it, it was the, all right, well, this is it. (laughs) We have to win now. And we did. We're in the end game. We're in the end game now. Good job, buddy. What a game. And the thing was, is we ended with two explorers on the board. Yeah. I think. It was either two or three. Well, I kept using your resistible coal as well. So I was just like, we're grouping up everyone here as much as we can. But the two or three explorers on the board was such a stark contrast to the literal dozens we had throughout the entire game. Even how the game starts with all those extra buildings. Yeah. Yeah. What a turnaround. Oh, it was fantastic. Y'all, I gotta say, the control really helped. Okay. I really feel as if control to this extent with Finder on the field and even with Mist was really effective. I cannot under... Yeah, don't sell yourself short. You were moving explorers around preventing builds as well. Seriously, I do not want to undersell the value of consistently controlling bad guys because like I said, it was like, okay, look, there was five actions we skipped that turn. Mm -hmm. Look over here, we just skipped six actions. We got two ravages, we got two builds. There was even a few turns where we had stopped every single one. Or stopped explorers from isolating. All actions that turn. We got through a variety of various cards. Some were defense I'll grant. Some were control. Yeah. But control played a big factor. But sometimes, I think twice, we were able to literally stop every Ravage, every build, every explore. It was insane. Those isolations were clutch. The moving bad guys was clutch in a lot of these areas. So seriously, prevention is one of the best forms of defense. So control... I think defense is useless against Sweden. Defense is hard. And one thing that I've always said is the higher and higher difficulties you begin to climb with this game, prevention looks a lot better and mm-hmm. better. One of the reasons why I really took to Fangs was I was like, well, defense doesn't carry as well, in my personal opinion, to the high difficulties as well as prevention does. Stop it at the source. So if you ever see a character with prevention capabilities, just know that that character has Ryan's stamp of approval in a small way for saliency on a high difficulty game. That's I think Keeper is too good. (laughs) And in a way, control became prevention. Yeah. And prevention is the best form of defense. Control became defense as well. In a way, right. Not in the fact that we are stopping incoming damage, but we are preventing the bad guys from even showing up there. So no one was even there to send the damage. And then your offense, you got to fight back. If they're fighting hard and have bigger guns, you are just like, all right, cracking the knuckles, let's go. If you commit to high defense, you must also at some point commit to high offense. And that's what we did. Or high fear. (laughs) (laughs) You did both. So we were able to do both. Yeah. Oh, this game was hard. But I was very glad because we played our mains regardless of all the feedback. Speaking of that, what do you think of that combo? We've never done that. Not many people have talked about Mist and Finder before. Usually it's like Finder and Ocean or Mist and Bringer. Right. You know, there's like... Or Mist and Green or Mist and Volcano I've seen, right? Yeah, Finder and Volcano. This was an odd couple. Do you think it worked? 
Obviously, won. it did. We it won. beat Sweden six. Yeah. So with downward spiral and missionaries and farmers. So I do think it's cool. <laughs> and board card draws. Both of us were very mobile, so yeah. we got quickly to each other's boards. Mobile control was definitely a theme between both. Making things adjacent for you, you could like ooze into something because I made adjacencies. I played Traveler's mm-hmm. Boon. Like we were basically moving at least three presents every turn, at least. Probably the biggest thing has got to be Finder's tendency to clump so many bad guys in one spot in tandem with Mist's capability to hurt every single invader. Yeah. That's gotta be the most valuable thing thing here. Because when you think about damage to each invader and who can do that, who's the first thing that comes to mind? Mist. Miss Lightning, those are the first Ugh. two that come to my mind. <laughs> I never think of Lightning. It's like, oh, you mean the card I always forget? The yeah. first <laughs> Raging Storm I never use and too expensive. Lightning can do it, but Miss can do it so much better. <laughs> yeah, cheaper, and I like the card better. And it earns a fear. Yep. Now, Lightning is better against buildings and can sure. do buildings quicker, but specifically against damage to each invader, Mist pretty much corners this market. Oh, yeah. So that has got to be probably the biggest thing. It was like a fun, unique combo pairing that I yeah. we don't hear about often, but actually worked out kind of perfectly. Right. And there's something else that we did here that I'm actually kind of happy we did. We kind of stuck it to the man. Ooh. The competitive man. And I don't mean that to be rude or offensive, but I want to use this and word it in a way that is encouraging. It is true that looking at the opinions and competitive data that we have for who's the best against this, who's the best against that, it is true that you can look at that and be like, hey, if I want an easier game or I want to beat this adversary, pick the counter pick, the rock to the paper to the scissors. And you that's know? what we ask the community. And who are the totally fine. We asked who are the top spares. There's nothing wrong. But there was a satisfaction in the fact that we did not play counterpicks. It is possible. Okay? Yeah. Everyone out there want it to be clear. It is possible to just pick your favorite. And sure it might not be doable with every single scenario in the game. Maybe every single adversary. Is this a callback to Fun 5? Maybe. (laughs) Seeing how we just wrapped up that series. Yeah. My point being, I want to continually voice the emotion out to the community that it's okay to play whoever you want okay regardless of who you're fighting keep reinforcing that yep there is nothing wrong playing the scissors to the bad guy paper if you want to be wildfire against Habsburg stone against Habsburg we did that it was fun that's totally fine lightning against England go for it have fun did that make you have fun it did awesome. It did. That is what really matters. Because some people can lose a game and have fun. Did you have fun even though you lost? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I just don't want anyone to really get too overthinky. Okay. And I say this to my past self. And if I could have said this to my past self with like a letter in a time machine, I would have, which is it's okay to not overthink the matchup. Hmm. It's okay to not worry about the matchup as much as you are stressing about, you know? It's fun to like see what combos are in a matchup. Like when we did our sharp fangs and mini minds against Russia. Right. That can be fun if like, oh, sure. These spirits do well here. Because like we've said in the past, it's fun to wield power. Yeah. It's fun to be the big, bad bruiser against the crazy invaders. You know, it's fun to be lure against Russia. You hunt beasts? Oh, well, I bring out more of them. Right. And hey, the explorers are coming in. I ignore them. Yeah. That's fun. It's fun to counter bad guys. But like I said, my past self overthought way too much and was taking... Mm. 
analysis paralysis. First two games, I had AP. By game three, I realized, you know what? This is a game where you're not going to really stop everything. You can't. And that's okay. Because you can't stop everything. If you could stop everything, the game would kind of be not as good. Yeah. We wouldn't want to keep replaying it. Right. You know, I always thought that analysis paralysis, not to change the subject here, but I always thought that analysis paralysis kind of automatically filtered itself out of a new Spirit Island player's realm because the more you play the game, the more you're going to realize, I can't stop everything. I can't. So I'm going to do what I can and I'll move forward. Mm. So in the same way, I was overthinking things at the beginning, like who should I be playing against this bad Mm -hmm. guy? Who should I be playing as with this? What's our team composition? It's okay. I like that. Just play who you want sometimes. And we played who we wanted. We did. We're like, let's look at what everyone says. I'm playing Mist. Mist got some votes for the worst. (laughs) I don't care. Mist is my fun character. I want to play Mist. Right. One thing I want to say, just on the spirits, the back spirit panel, and it shows you those stats. Mm -hmm. That is not forever. Right. Your spirit can change throughout the game, and I don't want people to forget that. Yes. That's it's actually sa- a good point. It says that Finder is terrible at offense. Mm-hmm. I can pick up Volcanic Eruption or cast on Brian Deep, and I'm changing that spirit. Right. So just because you are quote-unquote bad, maybe Shadows is bad against Sweden, yep. but Shadows picks up Jungle Hungers. Yeah. It's right. game over now. Let's not forget the adaptability of this and game. proficiency each character can do to grow into something else. I mean, there's so many minor powers that change who you are. The majors really right. can warp what your spirit can do. Right. You can go down a growth path and go, you know, energy heavy. Just because it says on that panel what you are doesn't mean that's what you stay. Right. And so. you can stay in those elements if you like. That being said, I did stay that. A control person is finder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I uh, still tried to get as much fear as I possibly could. <laughs> but I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, you can no, change. Oh, totally. The spirit definitely. can definitely change. Yep. So, and it kind of bleeds into what you're saying. Like, play who your favorite spirit is because it can really adapt to what the adversary is right. throwing at you. Right. If that truth wasn't salient, Starlight wouldn't exist. So, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally build your own spirits. So. Well, it's time now that we go and get to your comments. So right. we're going to go ahead and get to work on publishing this episode and getting it all edited quite nicely. Everything should shape. So until next time, guys, we will catch you on the Liberty Flip. See y'all. Well, folks, it's that time once again. Editing Ryan here. As you know, we cannot produce these community episodes without you, which is why I'm asking you for your thoughts for our next adversary, this time on France. Just as we have done in past episodes, we've gone and posted surveys on various websites asking you for your opinions. Opinions like, which characters do you think are the best or worst for fighting them, and why? Do you have certain strategy chips or thoughtful considerations for fighting this foe? Let us know all about it. We'll use as much as we can here on the show. I've put a link for each of these surveys down in the description of this episode. We have thoroughly enjoyed getting to see and hear all of your various thoughts throughout this Adversary series. While we are past the halfway point of the series, I'm still looking forward with great anticipation for what we can all learn from each other with the final three adversaries that remain. Thank you so much for your participation with our community content. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us on a weekly basis. And thank you for listening. I want you listeners to know how great grateful I am for each of you. I hope you will experience some of the same happiness that you have given us. It's something that I will never forget. That's all I have for today. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay awesome.